Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 417 of the Ron and Don Show, and heck yeah, we're live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, summer has finally come to Seattle, so we're sitting here today recording. I think it's going to be 93 degrees, you guys, but don't worry, because tomorrow we'll be back to 63. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Hey, uh, coming up, speaking of crazy, seems like everybody is playing pickleball right now. In fact, I've been playing some pickleball with my son, and there's a lot of people in the pickleball world that are wondering, how do we harness this, and how do we monetize this, right? So, yeah, we're going to have some thoughts on that and some thoughts on pickleball straight ahead, so you don't want to miss that. And if you don't play pickleball, boy, after uh, we talk about it, you may think about it. Also, house hacking. We talk a lot about house hacking. What is house hacking? And a part of being a house hacker may be uh, renting out your pool, your garden, and even your lawn. Is that really happening? It is really happening. Or maybe it's not. We'll talk about that straight ahead. We'll get to that, though. Let's get to this. I thought it was interesting. And and we're going to talk about Roe versus Wade here. Uh, but I think we're going to try to talk about it in a maybe maybe take a thirty thousand a thirty thousand foot view because I think right now as we saw some of the protests and we're recording this on a Monday some of the protests that we saw uh, over the weekend uh, people are very upset they're very angry they're also very hurt and we're also finding out that people aren't really educated in fact. I need to be more educated about what's happening in the country today. I will say this. I thought there would have been more people in the streets. Not as many people in the streets as we saw over the past couple summers, for instance, when it came to police shootings and the Black Lives Matter movement. I thought we would have saw that, and we haven't seen that. And maybe that'll happen over the next couple weeks and months because movements have to move, and maybe this movement is just kind of self-creating itself right now as people begin to mobilize. But with with that said, I think what's really interesting about what the Supreme Court has decided about Roe versus Wade is a lot of people think now, especially with the Donald Trump presidency, bringing on three justices that we knew were going to be conservative. And the Supreme Supreme Court now weighted heavily toward uh, Republicans. A lot of people felt and think that this will have some kind of domino effect when it comes to other things that liberals seem to care about and Republicans seem to hate. Ron, what are your thoughts when you look at this? Is this going to be a domino effect, number one? And number two, I want us all to recognize, for instance, when Bill Clinton was the president and they interviewed Supreme Court justices then about don't ask, don't tell afterwards. And it was interesting because what the president said at the time and what some of the justices said at the time, including Justice Kennedy, they said, you know, we kind of want to be in lockstep. The court does and the executive branch of the government. We want to be in lockstep of where we think the American people are, not where we want them to be, not where we think they are going. 
and we don't want to be too far behind. Justice Scalia, who was as Republican as they come, right? He said the same thing, that they wanted to be in lockstep, and it wasn't about their political beliefs. Ron, what's really interesting about this, even though I haven't seen as many people in the streets as I thought I would, and and maybe we will, when you look at the polling numbers worldwide and even here in the United States, it is pretty clear the way the American people, Republicans and Democrats, because Republicans, especially men, you've paid for abortions too, right? We just don't talk about it. Democrats don't do either, so I don't want to just pick on the Republicans, but it's something that's not talked about. I notice when I put things online, women are responding to it. Men are saying nothing right now. Men are saying absolutely nothing. And yet, it's a lot of these men that have made these decisions over the years. So, Ron, now I'll pivot back. You look at the poll numbers, and it seems like the country as a whole, Republican, Democrat, Independent, that they are pro, they are pro women's rights. So what happened here with the Supreme Court? Yeah, and I just want to echo that. Uh, there's a lot in the, your setup there. Uh, number one, just personally for me, uh, this is a gigantic step backward uh, in, in America jurisprudence. I think it is going to be a blight on the Supreme Court uh, when historians look back on this. And I am one million percent behind women being given the right to choose autonomy over their own body. Like that seems fundamental. The subset of that as well, the more I've read about it, this disproportionately affects black and brown women. Uh, It disproportionately affects all women, the lower income you have. And you should not, in my way that I look at the world, you should not be penalized uh, because you happen to be born in a certain location, like a state, like you, you don't choose where your parents uh, uh, had you. So you could be born in a state, born to a specific uh, a color, born to a specific income class, and to be all of those burdens being put on someone at the same time, I, I think is just abhorrent. John Roberts has lost this court. John Roberts is cut from that cloth that you just talked about of, of trying to be in lockstep. And so here's the thing. I, I'm outraged and i'm also um what's the word i was gonna say impressed but it's not impressed i'm i'm interested in the strategy that was used because just from a strategic point of view you have a group of people that represent not just a small minority uh it's it's not like 4951 like the the agenda that's being put forth in american politics is way out of balance. You have a vast minority, so let's call it maybe, and I don't know the exact numbers, but 30% or less of people, uh, if you go issue by issue, believe in this agenda. When you talk about gun rights, it's like 90-10 against policy. If you talk about abortion rights, like you said, um, it's probably 70-30, against this agenda. So you have a group of people that said, we have an ideology, and whether it's, you're a true believer, whether it's a religious agenda or whether you are trying to hold on to power um, and you've created this conservative agenda talking point, whatever tent you're under, maybe one or all three there, that's a huge minority. And yet they've been able to assert their will, even with the, the presidency of Donald Trump that you talked about. They were able to harness the, the infrastructure of America 
to say, doesn't matter what the raw vote is. We're going to do this state by state. We're going to understand the electoral college. We're going to understand where votes come from. Then we're going to win this thing, even by losing by millions of votes. So like the idea that we are a true democracy is not true. Because if we were a true democracy, things would become more and more liberal, more and more uh, to the tastes of the East Coast and the West Coast, less and less uh, to the to the interior of the United States. So we now have three justices. And if you think about the dominoes that had to fall for this to happen, uh, I, I read a tweet uh, on Twitter in the last couple of weeks where a guy traced it all the way back to Anthony Weiner. Uh, you know, sexting with the people he was sexting. She remember his wife was the aide to, to uh, Hillary Clinton. And he, he sort of went the domino effect that happened to where Trump uh, gets elected. Then you have a Supreme Court justice die. You have a Supreme Court justice that is uh, kind of forced out in a way. And Mitch McConnell back in the background, who's been at this for decades, he's had this agenda of stacking the Supreme Court for decades. And the guy has just been grinding away at it day in and day out, year in and year out. And he was able to pull the puppet strings and orchestrate this. If you remember, Barack Obama had an empty seat for, was it 16 months? And was unable to get uh, a Supreme Court justice filled. Mitch McConnell, his agenda is now shaping American policy for what might be Amy Car- Amy Barrett, whatever, Coney, whatever her name is. Amy, um, yeah, Judge Amy Barrett. Yeah. She is, she's young. Brett Kavanaugh is relatively young. We could have this uh, on the court for 30 to 40 years. Um, you look at Ginsburg, she was, the, we had some relatively old justices uh, on the court. There's a lifetime appointment. So uh, get ready and buckle up for some changes. This is not the end of their agenda. This is the beginning of that agenda. I don't like buckle up for some changes, though. Like, I I don't like buckling up because buckling up means you're going to remain in the position that you're in. And I I may see this differently. I I think you buckle up when you're going to let other people control the situation. But when this has activated you and it's time to get busy, it's it it it's time to take the buckle off. So anyway, th- this is this is what I wrote, uh, and I put this on my Facebook page. It has lots of shares, lots of comments. I think three men might have liked this. Out of let's see, this has over. Let's see. Let me look at my. This is over 2,500 impressions, over 32 shares, 25 comments. And I think there were three men uh, that commented on this because men don't want to comment on this. They just don't. So anyway, but I will. Uh, This is what I wrote. I said, you know, I always lose a lot of followers from posts like this, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it time to make the other Washington reflect what America looks like today? This will never change if we keep voting in 70 to 90-year-old white guys into Congress and the presidency from both parties. No matter what you think about today's politics, it can't be argued. Number one, the Constitution was written only by white men. Can't argue that. You cannot argue that. 
Women and minorities were not allowed to collaborate, run for office, or even vote. They had no say. Zero. There is still a residual effect in America today. I don't think you can argue it. Number two, you can't argue this. This is a fact. It wasn't until 1916 that the first woman was elected to Congress. Her name was Jeanette Rankin. She was a Republican congresswoman out of Montana. She was the only one to vote no on World War I and World War II. Agree with her politics or not, that took some effing courage in 1916 when you're the only woman senator and you just got the job. But she must have been pretty good at it because she was still there to vote for World War II after she had voted on World War I. Finally, listen to this. In 1920, 1920, 1920 is when women were finally allowed to vote. 1920. Last time I checked, that was about a century ago. So I say this in closing. America will be great when Congress looks like the rest of us. Google a picture of the 100 senators currently in the Senate, and I will wait. Just hit pause. If you're driving, wait till you get home. And then just Google the Senate. And and then also Google the Senate and all their aides, all the young people that work for them. And then come back to the podcast. Did you see that? (laughs) It's a bunch of old white guys, you guys, and a bunch of young white kids. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for the ladies to run for office in droves. It's time to take that seat buckle off. In fact, American women today, listen to this. They have higher college test scores and are statistically better educated than their male counterparts. And since women don't typically cause mass shootings, I bet if we actually put down our AR-15 guys for a minute and listen to these women, we might find some real answers. What Congress passed this week was all politics, too, when it came to the shootings. These shootings will continue. And this week has proven that men will continue to fight to hang on to guns and control women's bodies. Men have had over 400 years to make America great. Evidently, we still aren't there because one guy, well, you know he's going to run. He's still selling those golf hats. Fellas, I think it's time to sit down. Ladies, it's time to stand up. In 1916, Congresswoman Rankin started it. Now, who will continue it? This is your moment. I am your ally. Love and respect. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. They've been sponsors of the Ron and Don Show for going over a decade. You know, summer's almost here. That means it's time to have your tire tread checked at Les Schwab. One of those regular maintenance things that we never do. Why should we do that? Because that tread is literally where the rubber meets the road. Stop by Les Schwab and have your tire tread checked for free. No charge at all. Or schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. And if you do need new tires, right now you can save up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. 
When Andrea Mickelson needed to sell her Sammamish home, she was overwhelmed. There was no way that I could even begin to try to figure out what needed to be done. And then once, had I figured that out, how I would get it done, who I would hire, what was needed to be done that I didn't even know about. Andrea had heard how Ron and Don go far above and beyond for their clients and how they were the ones for their job. The guys swooped in to take on what she says was just a ton of work, and work they did. It was magic behind the scenes, and Don led an amazing floor-to-ceiling makeover. When they finally went to market, Andrea couldn't believe what happened. So the first offer was at least 200000 over the, the asking price, and that was just unbelievable to me. She admits she was tempted to take that first offer, but the guys told her, hey, just hold on. And after all the offers poured in, Andrea says she did even better. It got $450,000 over the asking price better. It was amazing. Andrea says she couldn't be happier, and she's already recommended Ron and Don to her friends and family for their real estate needs. I'm Andrea Mickelson, and thanks to Ron and Don, I got way more for my door. And if you want more for your door, just visit ronanddon.com. Listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 417. As you just heard, we have some great clients, and that's how we pay the bills around here. In fact, all the money that the podcast makes, we just dump it back in the podcast so we can produce it for you. Here's a way that you can help us, though, if you want to be a part of the Ron and Don Nation, and you know somebody that's looking to buy, sell, or invest right now, or maybe they're even looking to open up an Airbnb, or they have a second property and they want to 1031 that uh, into another home. Maybe they're looking for a vacation home. Maybe it's time to turn that vacation home into a VRBO. Ron, how can they uh, get in touch with us? Yeah, you can email me right now, ron at ronanddon.com. That's ron at ronanddon.com. Or go to the website. You can set stuff up virtually at ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hey, this is kind of interesting. We talk a lot on this show about house hacking. If you don't know what that is, and there's tax advantages to it, lots of tax advantages. It's one of the reasons why, if you know of a real estate agent, that's a pretty avid investor, and a lot aren't. Most of the agents I know don't even own homes, you guys. It's crazy. It's like the mechanic whose car never runs. (laughs) How can you know something about real estate? I don't know. Maybe you're a cancer doctor. You've never had cancer. Maybe that's how it works. I don't know. Any, anyway, Ron and I love the investment game, the real estate game. And we helped a couple who just had a baby house hack the other day. They bought a house on 10th Avenue West on Queen Anne. We've house hacked that thing, which means that we took portions of the house and we turned that house, those portions into apartments, but it still has a really great living quarters for this couple. And they travel between the UK and Seattle. And so what they wanted to do is they said, hey, what what if we end up We got a new baby and we're in the tech world and we just want to go back to the UK for six months. How can we make this property pay for itself? Well, what we did is we have three doors on this property. We house hacked all three doors, the primary house. And then the other two doors are Airbnbs. We're going to take pictures of those next week. We're going to put those up online. And then this house, the money that they bring in from the Airbnb, not only is going to pay down the mortgage on this house, but it's going to cash flow a couple thousand dollars each and every month. In fact, they called me the other day and they said, 
I think at some point we're going to be ready to sell this, turn that primary into a third door, and then we would like to move to another house and do this again. Why wouldn't you do that? You've had your first child, maybe more on the way, who knows? You're in your 30s. You don't want to live for the man, for big te- you don't want to work for big tech forever, and they won't have to. If they keep doing this in their 30s, by the time they're 40, they will have created enough mailbox money and income from hacking these different houses and adding doors. They will uh, be able to retire, in my opinion, at that point. So house hacking is just you buy a house and you say, you know what? Let me ma- let me look at this house differently. I bought a house that was a single family home. I looked at it differently. I dug out the basement. I started hacking on this house. You know what? My partner and I said, let's go get some shovels, which we did. And we dug 40 yards of dirt with shovels and buckets. <laughs> if you if you don't know what 40 yards of dirt are, you have no appreciation for 40 yards of dirt. But that's what we did. We pulled that dirt out. And because otherwise that dirt was just going to sit there and this house was going to make less money. But now that unit right there makes about $1,800 a month. And then we took, we had four bedrooms upstairs. Two of those bedrooms we turned into an apartment and two of the other bedrooms are now apartments. This house cash flows thousands of dollars every month after it pays for itself. And you know what a true house hacker does? Then they look for a fourth door. Our fourth door is our garage. So we took our garage, we rented it out to our electrician, and now he pays hundreds of dollars a month. So we took one door, we hacked this house up into four, and then we moved on to our next property and our next house. So that's what house hacking is, Enron. This seems to be catching on. Not only when it comes to doors and Airbnbs and VRBOs, but people are starting to hack out their backyard so kids can come play. Or you can hack out the lawn if somebody wants to come over and they don't have a lawn. And you want to do some slip and slide in the summer. I think you have to be really house hacking about your pool. But it sounds like some people are beginning to do this. Uh, it's really amazing, Ron, the way that people are beginning to look at property. And I love this because it's an opportunity for people to really get in there and pay that note down and really own a property and not just the bank. And then you can pull that money out and boom, you can go do it again, right? Yeah, and to rewind a little bit, because if this is a foreign concept to you, the classic house hacking definition is the house that you live in. So when you when you think about the concept of house hacking, it is the house you live in, what can I do to this house to generate more income? And that can be as simple as getting a roommate. Getting a roommate is the first phase of house hacking as long as you own the house. If both of you are renters, then you're not house hacking. So if, if one person gets a house, and we've talked about a story before of some uh, some single moms that teamed up together that had both just gone through divorce and bought a house, they bought a house together as a partnership and then rented out a room in the house. So that's level one. You own a piece of property, you live in that piece of property, and then you start to figure out a way to generate income off the property. So the easiest way is... You own the place, you rent out a room, you have a roommate, they pay rent, now you are a house hacker. And then what Don was talking about is the next level up of actually subdividing the home. 
So you own a house, you don't want a roommate, or you, maybe you have a child or a partner, and you guys want your own dedicated space. So then you carve off a piece of the house into another living unit, and that's where we talk about uh, a grand, you know, a mother-in-law apartments, or now they're called accessory dwelling units, or you can even talk about a detached accessory dwelling unit. So that's level two. And then the thing that you brought up, which is interesting now, is this concept has caught on so much that people are looking around at their garages. I have a friend that uses a service for the yard, not to slip and slide because it's to to take her dogs to a yard. Hmm. So there's a, an app, a website where people have a house with a nice yard and they will allow people to come over and bring their dog to run around in a fence yard because maybe they don't socialize well at the dog park or whatever, or they don't, they want an off leash situation. And so they're, they're signed up on this website. They're, they're only paying like 15 bucks or whatever for an hour uh, so it's not a huge money maker, but while this person is at work, people that have been screened by the app can let themselves into the gate. They let their dogs play around for an hour, and so while they're at work, their how their yard could be making a hundred dollars a day or whatever. Depending That's three thousand dollars a month. That's right. a lot of money. So depending on how many people are, are coming and going, could be hundreds of dollars, could be thousands of dollars. But and then you brought up the pool, you brought up garages. Uh, there are even people that house hack their garage with tool loaning so if a guy has a shop he uh, there there are websites he can come out and say hey i have a planer i have a table saw and so i'm gonna rent this out in a sense i'm gonna have access to other people because i don't use the shop every weekend so someone can come over and go man i really need a chop saw i live in an apartment i don't have a chop saw and i need to make a thing and where you can take your house and the things that you have rent them out to generate income and so it takes a certain mindset. It does take a certain uh, thing. When you, when you don't live there, in my mind, and, and I don't know how you think about it, that's an investment property. And yes, you can hack it from one to four, like you said, but um, that's an investment property that you changed into multiple units. To me, the house hacking, the key for most people for house hacking, it's the place where you live. Yeah, the place where you live, but then you move and you do it to another place. And then that property that you leave behind... That is now your first investment property, right? And the tax benefits of doing that, especially like in your 30s or 40s, so if you have kids that do that, if, if you just take a decade of your life and go and house hack, and at the end of that decade, especially if you live in a very vibrant market like we do here in Seattle, you're going to have so much mailbox money coming in. It's incredible. And I don't know why people flip. Well, I do know why they flip because they don't know how to hang on to a property. They're like, I invested all this money, and now I need my money out. And I have no cash flow from it. And I can't get enough cash flow from just renting the property out to one person. That's because you just have one door. That's why you have to create more doors. So let's say you have three. Two of those doors end up paying for the property. And that other door you're living in if you're a house hacker. Or when you move away, that third door that you're moving out of, it's not your primary anymore. That just became your cash flow, right? So why would you sell a property that's cash flowing? You wouldn't. You'd probably pull some of that money out, though. Go do it again, do it again, do it again. And you don't have to do this for the rest of your life. Just take a decade of your life and go be a house hacker. We will see you on the other side. Switch to Mitch. Switch to Mitch. Switch to Mitch. Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, Ron, is switching to Mitch. That's right? the right. Mitch.loans. Mitch Weeks joins us. And Mitch, you did something the other day that was amazing to us. Ron and Don Nation member wanted to buy a house. 
you were at an engagement party. The audacity of going to an engagement party. I was able to call you and get the approval letter because we just didn't have it and we put the deal together. So, A, thanks for answering the phone. And that's different than a big bank, right? It sure is, yeah. I like to be always available for my customers, especially Ron and Don Nation. And yeah, you got a, you got me on the phone and I stepped out of the party and we quickly got him approved. It felt great. Yeah, it was on a Saturday night. I was bringing the buyer and I reached out to my friend Todd and Sue and I said, hey, let's reach out to Mitch tonight. And on a Saturday night, there's no big bank out there that's going to get this deal done. We got it done, and we were able to buy that home. We went on day one. We bought it on day one because Mitch was there, and he answered his phone on Saturday And then night. they are still getting the half a percent deal for being in the Ron and Don Nation from Mitch.loans. Go to Mitch.loans right now. If you're buying a new place, you save a half a percent just for being in the Ron and Don Nation. NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the show. Don't forget, if you're looking to buy a home, uh, go see our boy, uh, Mitch.loans, right? Yeah, you go to Mitch.loans to talk about loans. I know the interest rates have gone up. He will explain to you what your buying power is, what's likely to happen the rest of the year, what the Fed is talking about. And waiting costs you money and it costs you buying power. Mitch.loans. Pay attention right now, because this is when it takes a pair of, uh, in a market like this, is you see the market shifting. Don't always look for the bottom and don't always look for the top, but look for the shift. And we all feel the shift. And in that shift, yeah, you might be lucky and hit the top or or bottom, but in that shift is where money is made, is where good real estate is purchased. You see builders right now who don't have deep enough pockets and they're recoiling and they're saying, yeah, we can't step in and buy those properties. You see investment companies right now that are backing off and saying, yeah, we're not going to buy properties for 18 months. Well, guess what? It means that their money is it's not out there, and you don't have to compete against it right now. All that money will come back as soon as we feel a shift back. So really pay attention. If you've been hanging on to money and you've been hanging out in the bushes, this might be the time for you to buy. Whether it be your first primary home, or you're going to downsize, upsize, size, size, whatever you're going to do. Or this is a great time to get in there and buy something that has deferred maintenance, that has an issue, a problem. Get to work on that issue or problem. And chances are, by the time you're done, the real estate cycle will have shifted back up again. All right? And we can help you with that. Just reach out to us at ronanddunsitdown.com. Before we get out of here, uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, went traveling with my son. We played some pickleball. He introduced me to pickleball. He'd been playing over the summer. And then when I was in Maui, it's really cool, you guys. There's a lot of stars that live in Maui. They just don't want you to know that they live there because they don't want to be bothered. And one of the things that they like about living in Maui is the people that aren't tourists that actually live there. They're used to having stars, cash cars and stars all the time, right? It's Maui. And they know to kind of leave Leonardo DiCaprio alone when he's out playing some morning pickleball. Or they know to, hey, just leave Jim Carrey alone when he's out, yeah, playing some pickleball. Uh, the lead singer of Aerosmith, what is his name? Steven uh, Tyler. Yeah, he's he lives in Maui. He's out playing some pickleball. Uh, we know Oprah lives over there. I don't know if she's out there uh, playing pickleball or not, but everybody's out there playing pickleball. If you haven't played it before, it's just a much, much easier game than tennis. Uh, a lot of people at churches now have jumped in and they started to play pickleball. A lot of urban centers where kids have started to play pickleball because you can do this on a basketball court that's already exist, or you can do this on a tennis court that kind of already exists. You can do this on a volleyball court that always ex- already exists. 
And now they're building specific pickleball courts. The cool thing about it is it doesn't really cost any money in a lot of places to join. In Maui, they just have a sign-up sheet, and people just, early risers, they get up in the morning, and they'll show up, and who knows, maybe you'll be playing pickleball against Leonardo DiCaprio, like down on the beach somewhere. Uh, It's a good entry sport for a lot of kids because it's fairly easy. It's also good if you're older because you don't have to move around as much as you do in tennis. In some ways, you can just kind of stand there and you can just kind of poke at the ball if you want to do that. Anyway, Ron, people are now trying to figure out how do we monetize pickleball? Because one of the reasons it's a very good entrance sport is because the equipment itself isn't that expensive. But uh, things may really change if this if, if all of a sudden we see pros joining leagues, and the next thing you know, you see pickleball on TV. How about that? Yeah, there's a couple of fronts on this that, that are interesting. One is what you just said, that there are now people going, how do we how do we get a television contract or a YouTube contract or get this out uh, online or on TV so that people can see the really good pickleball players playing? Can we groom a star or even have, like you said, people that are already well-known that happen to play this in some sort of tournament or some sort of event? And so an offshoot of that is there are, are multiple people trying to make a pickleball hall of fame uh, and multiple pickleball halls of fame. And so people are going back and forth on that. The other one that I found more interesting is there's a movement in communities to start to build the infrastructure for this. And so like when you go to a park, your favorite park right now, there's probably a baseball field. There's probably a basketball court. Uh, you don't see as many tennis courts as you used to, but there's a push now to say this would be an easy court to build. Let's start building and asking cities to build pickleball courts because it's a smaller footprint. It doesn't cost as much as a basketball court or a baseball diamond or a soccer pitch. Uh, it's good in all weather conditions. And so let's start building these in schools, building them in community centers, building them in public parks uh, to grow the sport uh, for all the reasons you just said. And I think if we get that, so there, there are people organizing right now to go to city council meetings, to go to public parks departments uh, and to, to petition to say, let's start building these courts. Uh, we don't need tennis courts anymore. Uh, we don't necessarily even need baseball diamonds per se. Let's start building these courts. And if you start to see that, uh, then I think you're going to see the things really explode uh, nationwide. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate you. If you want to stay in touch with us, there's a couple things you can do. Check out the Nation News. How do you get signed up for it? Just go to ronandonsitdown.com. We don't sell your information. We write an article maybe three times a month. We send it out to you. Sometimes it's about real estate or just cool stuff that's going on in our personal life. It's a great way for us to stay in touch. So you can get signed up for the Nation News. And we would love, love, love to connect with you. So again, just go to ronadonsitdown.com. If you're thinking about buying and selling, typically when people are thinking about buying and selling, the transaction happens about six months later because they're in a position where they're educating themselves. We have some education materials that we have written for you that we can send in an ebook to. Yeah, just email me, ron at ronanddon.com. I can send you a buyer's playbook or a seller's playbook. Yeah, just, that's for a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook. And then uh, we can start figuring out what your property is really worth or the type of property that uh, we should be looking at. And again, buyers. If you've been sitting out, Ron has been out with buyers all weekend. This is a time to jump in and go buy something. Yeah, 
Might be your time right now. Also, you want to get in touch with Ron? As he said, we have new email addresses, right, Ron? Ron at ronanddon.com. If you want to reach out to me, it's just don at ronanddon.com. Everything's at ronanddonsitdown.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 418. Before Here before you know it. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.